Welcome to the Jewelers Podcast, the podcast that talks to jewelers, retailers, and industry supporters about their experiences and insights into the jewelry industry. The Jewelers Podcast is part of the Jewelry Industry Network. Whether you're a jeweler, retailer, supplier, valuer, gemologist, teacher, or student, the Jewelry Industry Network is here to help you build your business in the jewelry industry. Join us today with a free membership at www.jewelryindustrynetwork.com. We can't wait to work with you. Welcome to another episode of the Jewelers Podcast. Today we're here with Michael Mooney for his second time on the Jewelers Podcast, but first time with Laura and I. So uh, welcome on board, Michael. Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. It's lovely to chat to you face-to-face finally. We've had lots of, um, you know, workings that we'll talk about a little bit later, but it's great to finally yes. have a chat it is it's good it's you know it's um it's good to start chatting to people i mean it is still for zoom but it's not via text and it's not like text at 12 a.m 12 at night or you know how it gets like you by the time you actually get time to respond it's like 5 30 in the morning or 12 at night or you've half responded at a lunch break or you've typed the message and you haven't actually sent it and it's four days later yeah, one of my favourite things is uh, email delay delivery because then you can write it at one in the morning and deliver it at 8 a.m. and people think that you're a normal working person. <laughs> uh, see, I'm, I, 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 when I get on a computer, my brow gets thick, um, my mouse turns into a piece of flint and I just start smacking it aggressively like a caveman. I, I didn't, I'm so amazed that you can do that. Hey, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, you can. Yeah, I've got some tips. <laughs> There you, go. <laughs> well, um, you your love of computers hasn't changed so uh no man well like in saying about things changing your your brand serpent cove it's it's progressed a lot over the last couple of years um used to be the serpent cove of death now just the serpent cove uh, I'm, I'm really loving what you're doing like really strong signet ring sort of style look now but uh yeah like that's obviously a, a conscious choice to change the, the direction you're heading yeah, so it was, um, I did brand myself as the serpent king of death and I was told by a lot of people that it, it could be off-putting and it didn't really make a lot of sense. It sounded like a wrestler or something. But um, yeah, I just sort of, I, I was experimenting with different things and different ideas. I mean, I was sitting in my workshop making things which I thought were cool, which weren't really practical in a commercial sense. And um it was it was sort of a trip away where I was in Sri Lanka looking for stones and there's a lot of downtime in the van driving from place to place. So I was like, and my phone doesn't work overseas properly. So I'm like, I'll just start drawing. Um, and I started coming up with the idea of different snakes, Australian snakes, and uh, putting them in signets. Um, and that's where it, it sort of evolved from there. And I started creating these characters which I've always done. And I thought, I enjoy doing this. Why not just do it more? So it just sort of took off from there, really. And now it's to the right, to the point where I have like a whole range, uh, like the Holy Diver range, where it's like one main character fighting off different foes. Um, uh, yeah, just different. Uh, got Totem, which is all different animals, sort of signets. Um, yeah. What kinds of customers do you have for your designs? Obviously, they're, they're very um, specific, very niche, very 
uh, creative, but do you have, do you find that your customers are, are quite different in their own personalities or do you just appeal to a specific type of customer, do you think? I get all sorts of walks of life. I do, because I also do a lot of engagement rings and I have like a backlog of so many photos and that I want to show off that I'll eventually get to. But um, I'm finding when it comes to the signets, like a certain one will speak out to someone because they're like, they're so, each one's very different, right? So someone will go, bang, that's that's my jam. That's my that's my piece, you know? Um, I get people coming out of the woodwork where they're like, I've been following you for years and I absolutely love the story of this ring. It really appeals to me. Um, there's usually a story that goes with it, which is partly the reason I got into jewelry. I mean, I fell in love as an apprentice when an old lady would come into the shop and she would show you this ring and it would have an entire story verbally from her and also physically it would tell a story. Most of us jewelers who have worked in repairs and all that sort of stuff, you're almost like a detective. You can see a ring and just go, I know how much you kind of have earned. I know what sort of job you do. I can tell how rough of a person you are. I can <laughs> tell what you like because of the style of the ring, you know, you can pick up all these sort of things. So when these stories of my like I create the story in a ring and then someone will sort of go, you know, that that appeals to me. I mean, I had one customer, my, my favourite ring, one of my favourite rings I made is the um, the Guardian Raven, which I actually designed for myself and then put it into the totem range. A customer came to me and said his brother had just passed away and ever since then, a raven's sort of following around. And I kind of connected to that very very closely because my uh, best friend who was almost a brother to me passed away three months ago from cancer and I was like this is really cool where these stories are intertwining and you know I was I was quite honored that he came to me and it was like you know I'd like to get that ring and it was more than more than a silver ring it was it was it was a story behind it you know it's really interesting and I think we hear a lot of that as jewelers we we're always hearing people's personal stories because we do so much remodeling and repair work and the new stuff, like it's, there's always a story behind every, everything we do, really. But, uh, mm. but I'll just touch on there. So you still do like traditional fine jewellery as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a little engagement ring I've, I've made, a little salt and pepper piece that I'm making a fitted wedding ring for. Uh, yeah, I, I still do that. Um, it's more, I'm trying to keep my social media clean. As someone that has ADHD and my fucking mind will shoot from one idea to the next frantically, I like the idea of keeping, because the Instagram is basically my shop front at the moment. Um, I want it to be nice, clean and crisp and you can sort of get the idea of what's happening straight away. So the idea would be I finish up this range and then from there I'll be hosting a whole bunch of uh, engage rings because I don't want to pigeonhole myself into just one thing I would like to I want to get my fingers into as many pies as I can so to speak I do love making engage rings too you know yeah that's awesome mate I think that's one of the, the good parts about the job it can be so varied and diversified hey with the, the type of work we do and the type of customers we, we deal with um, and mm. I, I imagine those signet rings you're doing a lot of that in wax carving still are you uh, I do still do a lot of wax carving, but most of them, for the, I'll, I'll get them 3D printed just because the detail I want, I can't get in the moulds consistently. Um, I mean, I, I think you hear it so many times in those sort of business selling uh, conferences, but if you go to Macca's anywhere in the world, 
it's uh you get a, a cheeseburger or whatever a pack of nuggets it's like exactly the same the consistency is the same and that's what i want that's what i strive to achieve with my products um i want all the rigs to be the same and, and like i like well, some of the details i want and even when i'm padding it or getting it printed they're like you can't you can't do this i'm like eh, give it a try come on let's push it let's push the limits you know do you have a team michael or is it just you is it are you on your own in the workplace i so i work for another company in, in the city uh four days a week uh okay. on their head jeweler doing all their designs and whatnot and engagement rings. And then it's just me at Surf & Co. So I will do the website, the socials, the photos, um, making, dispatching, posting. Uh, yeah, the only thing I get help with is the uh, photo touch-ups. Yep. Once again, it's my chimp-like ability to not use computers <laughs> that hinders me. I just figure for the cost of what it if it is per photo and the stress it's not worth it yeah and i got this uh a videographer um guy that i work with it's called through social vamp media he um luke he he does the videos for me he's a really young passionate guy so when i don't know if you've seen some of the videos we do where it would be about the range there's one that's at the beach there's one that's yeah in, uh, they're amazing workshop. yeah they're just you know just in this digital world everything's so visual everything moves so quick people are, i don't think people yeah. really read that much they all want to okay. that's why youtube that's why something like youtube is so big right like you want to want to learn anything you just type it in the youtube there's a yeah. video for it so and your videos too i think they're really they're really good way of um i suppose encapsulating your brand essence and what you stand for and how you tell your stories so you've got your products obviously but as soon as somebody sees your videos they can immediately see the linkage between how you come up with your designs and where they've come from. And there's a really nice, like complete brand story there. So I think you've done a really good job. They're awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, that's it. I mean, you can fit so much into a 30, 40 second clip and um, mm. that's, that's what I'm trying to achieve to create a feel, an emotion uh, to my brand. You know, it's something that's very close to my heart, very passionate and, um, I want to want to share that, you know. I want to show people what it's about. It's just not about making money for me. Mm, love it. Making some really fun pieces, you know. I want to chat to you and Michael about your um, your participation in the recent, relatively recent uh, bench competition that the Jewelry Industry Network ran. You came out as the champion of that bench competition. Uh, congratulations! How was it for you? Thank you. I am I am finally the people's champion after three times competing. <laughs> um, came third the first, second the second, and now first the third time. Um, it was really fun. It was so much fun. It's very rare uh, as a jeweler that you get that opportunity where people just go, make what you want. I don't care. Well, that very rarely happens. There's usually a, a design brief of some sort even if it's minimal mm. that was you know just the stone and the time uh and I, I i usually am very easily distracted uh working full time i i'm working you know a couple of hours every night so by the time i get to ramping up it's like midnight and i have to go to bed 
that was, you know, I set the time aside. We had the time aside and I could actually sit down and just like go ham. And uh, it was so much fun. Uh, I like it because I've done it three times now. I can see myself improving as a jeweler. Quite often I say jewelry is like martial arts. You're constantly learning how to different techniques and moves and, and styles. Uh, over the years, you might shift from different styles of engraving or something like that. You might start to favor things. Some things fall out of favor. And I noticed um, it's really cool to see that, okay, I'm actually improving, you know, this is good. This is what I want to see. I love learning new things, you know. And it was really fun competing on a, on a team full of female jewelers. I mean, when I was an apprentice, that was never really a thing. That was, granted, I was in Wagga, so I didn't really see a lot of anything of the outside world growing up in a small country town. But um, it's really good to see that there's more females in this, um, this male-dominated uh, industry, you know? Yeah, yeah. We, I think, I mean, that was one of the things that was really exciting for me too. I mean, we have a really good split of females males and males in Jules Co. I think it's almost 50% one of each. Yeah. So it's quite a great split. Um, but yeah, it was great to see those girls competing. You've um, you've competed in the two was young Jules group now, Jules Co. comps in the past. This was the first online version via the uh, virtual jewellery industry fair. Did, did you find that it was it felt much different doing it virtually online as opposed to doing it sitting next to each other at the live events? Uh, so it's, that's a very interesting question, man. When you're sitting next to someone, like the first year, the second year I did it, was it Yanni? Yeah, yeah, Yanni, yeah. He was a machine, like straight, I'm sort of sitting there trying to like draw something out and straight off the bat, he's rolling down metal, lying on the floor with a draw plate, pulling out wire off his feet. And I'm like, oh man, like I'm not going to get finished, hey? And then yeah. you sort of, because you're sitting there, you're looking over at people and you don't know, what their class has finished or um, how far into the piece they are really. So you can start playing mind games with yourself. You're like, oh my God, this person's almost finished. Uh, I'm slowing down. Or you might even turn around and go, you know what? I'm actually ahead here. With the digital one, the online one, because also my phone wasn't working properly. So I couldn't actually see anyone. So I had no idea if I was extremely far ahead or extremely far behind. And then when we showed the pieces halfway through, we held them up to the camera. I still couldn't see any. I just see the tops of people's heads. <laughs> I couldn't see the actual piece. Uh, then there's also the digital element of it. Like I'm working in my little shack here. The second day I plugged my phone in and it just said overheated. So I like ran inside, threw it in the freezer. I've got a whole bunch of those vice bricks. You put, you Is that a good thing to do? I don't know. I did it. Um, Okay. <laughs> I then got a whole bunch of ice bricks you put in your lunchbox and just gaffer tape them to the phone. That was then hanging <laughs> off my bench. So the whole time it was just dripping water and plugged in. I'm like, this is some wild stuff. But um, yeah, it was it was fun. Man, forget the piece. You deserved that championship. <laughs> yeah, some on the spot problem solving there. Living on the edge. Yeah, always. Always. Yeah, well, it was a pleasure to have you on the comp, Michael, and I was stoked to see you finally take one out after you know, always putting your hand up and competing and participating in these events that we put on. So, um, yeah, I, I always really appreciate your involvement and uh, love your work. So it's great to see you take that one out. But we've also been working on a special collaboration that we've been keeping secret for a little while now, uh, which will be released yeah. by the Jewellery Industry Network. 
Yes, yes. The Jewelry Industry Network and Michael Mooney are about to release a welly to this podcast it will actually have already have been released so very exciting you can jump onto the website and see a fantastic range of merchandise so thank you michael for being part of our very first celebrating australian jewelry designers merchandise range thank you thank you it was uh i was really honored to be asked to do something like that uh i mean i always put my hand up for the comments because i want to support the jewelry jewelry co slash young jewelers group I think it's a really cool positive movement. You don't really see that. So I'm 100% behind it. When I got asked, I was like, this is awesome. I then was like, oh man, I don't know what to design. Hey, <laughs> it's like, you know, everyone was like something similar to the shirt you've got. And I'm like, the shirt I've got has like this big boob mermaid and a grim reaper on the back. <laughs> that would have been okay. <laughs> With his tongue hanging out. I'm like, um, I want to pick something that's just not like a dude sort of shirt. So then I started thinking about what it means to be a jeweler, especially a bench jeweler. And most of the time it means a big mess of just crap everywhere on your bench, dust, lamel, burrs, burrs that are blunt that you put back and then you grab them and then they're blunt. So then you put them back again and you keep grabbing them until you <laughs> snap it, throw it in the bin, putting saw blades in upside down, messing up saw blades, you know, all that sort of stuff. And I thought, you know, you come back to your bench and then you're like, what the hell, what's going on? There's like shit everywhere. And maybe it was the gremlins at night. Maybe these little gremlins come in and mess your stuff up, you know? Maybe they're playing. Because I always like the idea of using a, um, I tried it as apprentice, doesn't work, using the saw frame as a bow and arrow. <laughs> um, I was like, you know, that's where you see all the gremlins pick up the drills and the, and the burrs and they're sort of fighting and making a mess and, you know, getting in the way. And they're certainly doing that. There are there are calipers flown around. There are diamonds everywhere. There are you know rings all over the place. You've done a really good job of creating havoc, but with a really a really cool piece of art. So thank you so much. Yeah, you smashed it's it out also, the park. That's also um, even with the diamonds. Like, how many times have you dropped a stone and it just disappears into the fourth or sixth fucking dimension? It's just gone. It's just that's it. <laughs> You saw it like right there, and then it's not there anymore. It's amazing. It's the gremlins, yeah. I swear. Yeah, and then you, you sweep that area, and it's not there. And then half an and hour later, you find it the same area you've already swept. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you'll find something else you didn't realize you dropped. Yeah, it's been really good actually to just even look through and hear from you about what sort of inspired you to do this. Because I mean, obviously, jewelers are really creative people, um, and you put that creativity into a physical piece of jewelry but in so many cases you actually all have other areas that you can be creative through but you don't necessarily have an outlet or you don't share that outlet with other people so it's it's really been an interesting process I think for us on the gin team to work with different designers to go you know here's a blank canvas give us something completely different and you know use your license to just be yourself and and do something completely different so it's been really cool we've got a couple of others that are coming up but um it's been it's really amazing range to start with yours yeah thank you thank you i mean um i've i've been trying to branch out with that sort of thing myself as you said a lot of the jewelers are really creative people you know you see quite that's almost the norm now that you see a jeweler they look like a chef they've got like tattoos and and all that sort of stuff um whereas before it was just like 
most jewelers were just an older guy in a button-up shirt sort of thing in casual slacks. He might have tattoos under the shirt. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Who knows? I, I'm not judging at all. <laughs> um, I'm just saying that, you know, it's sort of changing that these creative people yeah. are expressing themselves. And I, I've been trying to do that with my shirts. Um, I've also created um, little miniatures, as, as I've probably said before, like I paint my little models, um, my Warhammer and stuff, and I thought it would be really cool if I could create my own miniatures that people could paint. Um, still trying to work out how to get that one out. That's another thing, uh, logistics and all that sort of stuff. That's a, the fun things of running a business, especially as a jeweler, that jewelry is probably the easiest part. Everything else is the tricky part, you know, the socials and keeping up to date with customers and supply and demand of, you know, things and ordering things and they're, they're out of stock. I mean, today I just got told that uh, one of my pieces of packaging is now being discontinued. So I'm going to sort that out. You know, it's just constant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. But that's it. That's how that's how the cookie crumbles with running a thing like this, you know. Because you work that's with what... um another company as well and you you sort of are in a team in that environment, do you like the fact that yeah. you've got a bit of a mix with Serpent Cove that you are by yourself and you can, you know, I suppose dovetail between having your own time and then also being part of a team? Does that help with managing your own business? It does. I mean, I'm very lucky, extremely lucky that uh my bosses allow me to do what I'm doing. Um, they're very supportive. They help me all the way. Uh, they're almost like um, like an apprenticeship in, in life, I guess, or business. They've, and the bonus is I get to um, get to work in a very large team that we can really refine our skills in because we're making multiples of the same piece. You know, it's it's like uh, it's like practicing for a race. We uh, we can learn what steps we can sort of skip to not sacrifice quality but get get it out quicker or crisper yeah it's learning the system yeah. isn't it? It, it i think that's really important for any apprentices out there too though might think they're stuck in a position whether it be repairs or clean, cleaning up cads or whatever it is that's it's a really important phase to go through to learn oh, i still even now like i i heard a jeweler they, they're like oh i quit because all i was doing was resizes and i'm like right that's what i did for my like whole first and a half maybe two years of an apprenticeship you know it's just how it, I mean I remember for the first couple of months I was just sweeping the floors and stuff I mean that's just how it goes but if, if that's the case become the best at that like I still like I'm the head jeweler of this company I've been there for, for nearly five years um, I'm not too big to not to jump and jump down and grab a whole bunch of castings and clean them up till my fingers are bleeding mm. I mean I love that sort of stuff I love the idea of um, being better you know, just, just getting quicker and, and what, like I said before, not sacrificing quality. It's, um, it's like exercise, I guess, really, mm. you know. It's getting that 10,000 hours that they talk about to become the expert. Yeah, that old 10,000. I'm pretty sure I've done 10,000 at custom cleanup. Well, my fingers <laughs> say that. I was going to say, you posted on um, Jewelers Co. recently where somebody was looking for some advice on how to clean up a casting and you were like, hand it over. I'll do it in about 10 minutes. And I went, yep, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. great. <laughs> I mean, I like literally, uh, I've been doing some casting cleanup for a, a company and I was like, how long does it take, take you to do one of these? And they're like, oh, about 45 minutes. I'm like, oh, okay, it takes me like 15 minutes. So <laughs> mm. <laughs> I, I just uh, genuinely a quicker, quicker jeweler, I guess. I, I mean, I'm not, there's other things I'm really slow at, you know, 
Sometimes mm -hmm. when I make an engagement ring, it can take me the longest time. Quite often I'll make, uh, like for example, I don't know if you guys listening to the podcast won't be able to see this, but this engagement ring I made, I actually made the setting twice because I didn't plan it out properly, you know? And that, that's just simply down to, I don't make a lot of things like that, but I do clean up a lot of casting. So, you know, it's just mm. every, mm. Yeah. every jeweler is not the same. Every It's like a, I used to skateboard as a kid and skateboarding is similar. It's a, it's a sport that you do with other people, but it's a solo sport and you, there's no right or wrong way of doing it. If you want to do heaps of kickflips or whatever, that's your thing. And I do all the different tricks, you know, it's the same as, same as being a jeweler. Like mm. that's, that's what you saw in the comp. I mean, four people given the same materials in the same amount of time came up with four vastly different <laughs> ideas. Yeah. 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 So, so much personality in it. Yeah. Yeah. And that was we, a specific thing. We all use similar tools. We don't all use the same tools though. Uh we don't hold them all the same way. You know what I mean? Like there's all different I could hear it, you know. I couldn't see it because my phone wasn't working properly, but I could hear, you know, I was like, why is that person hammering so much? That's just how they, <laughs> they roll, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. What what's the next um, skill set that you'd like to be a ninja at? What would you like to master next? Next thing to master. Outside of wanting to do more engagement rings, which you mentioned earlier, is there something else you want to learn more about and master? Jewelry-wise, um, probably CAD. Uh, in life, I think my grammar. <laughs> uh, when I write, it is so bad. And it's something I never paid attention to at school. I remember my art teacher who basically got me into the jewelry industry said, you know, you need to learn English properly. I'm like, I can speak it, can't I? That's exactly <laughs> what I said. To him. And I don't even think that's grammarly correct. Um, and Grammatically that's, correct. That's, bingo, bingo, bingo. See, <laughs> this is the problem. So, and that's the thing. I mean, in a world where most of my customers, I don't physically see, uh, I would like to be able to communicate with them properly. You know, I'm a big, I'm, now that I'm getting older, I've been getting back into my fitness. I've, of mental and physically, uh, the tasks I don't want to do, I figure if I can become a master at it, it's then no longer a problem to me. And that's the same as CAD. I mean, I'm very bad with computers, but uh, I know how I learn and it's not via Zoom or I need someone physically there, you know, holding my hand, click it with the mouse, go click this one. It's been a bit tough over the last couple of years, but hopefully coming into the new year, we might be, be a bit more hands-on, in-face learning, in-person learning, not so much. Fire. Yeah, I mean, the whole world's been in hibernation for nearly two years. Mm. It's, it's the crazy time. The world has never been more open. And then at the same time, it was completely shut off. Mm. Yeah. Going back, to, going back to the repetition thing, that will only work if you're conscious, conscious of what you're doing, you know. Don't go on autopilot. Mm. I've seen a lot of people, they go on autopilot, they don't actually think why or how. Does this, does this, if you're doing six of the exact same ring, does the fifth one really need that amount of filing or that amount of emmering or that amount of polish, you know? Yeah, so, repeating the same problems over and over again, you're not learning from the repetition at all. Exactly. Yeah. 
Well, I think there's a few things once we get you on here for episode three, whenever that may be in the future. We're going to check your grammar, check your CAD skills. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not a lot of things scare me in this world, um, but that does. Do you find that learning something new and embracing, uh, you know, new sort of things and forcing yourself to sort of, you know, expand your horizons, does that help, do you think, with mental health, especially when you do work alone lots of the time? For me, it does, not for everyone. I mean, everyone's different mental. Like, I personally, I got into a very dark stage in the middle of the first lockdown, uh, working in my shed by myself. I felt forced in. And I've always prided myself in being a very physically strong and fit person, and I wasn't. And I didn't like that. So I went, you know what? Fuck it. I started going for runs and doing push-ups and stuff and going to bed at a decent time and all that sort of stuff and, and then started taking more pride in my work and it, um, it changed my life dramatically, you know. I was struggling to get designs out, you know, and thinking and getting back to people and all that sort of stuff. And it, for me, it was, the key was just getting out there and, and like I, I've mentioned it before, but I have ADHD and I, I, I think a lot of people with that, there's different, different solutions but for me it was the getting that energy out I needed to run and swing on bars and stuff like a big old chimpanzee and that um that helped me so much you know and uh especially like as you said working by yourself in a shed or in a, in a workshop or wherever you are you can lose track of time you can sort of lose track of your your quality or you know you can lose lose a lot of lot of sort of things and uh it can be very hard to deal with i guess you know yeah it's, it's good that you're conscious of yeah. your own mental state and your own environment and then also being proactive about what needs to be done what works for you and, and taking those steps to to get yourself back on track because uh, as you say it's easy we spend so much time on our own to just get bogged down it and let it take over so yeah well done yeah you turn into your own echo chamber i mean you, you start you know talking to yourself but like running scenarios through your head and and subconsciously you know siding with yourself in certain ways you know it's, mm. we're social animals you know we're not meant to sort of be solo yeah. outside of um say like the jewelers co which is a you know great online platform for people to to talk to each other and share ideas and support each other what do you think the industry should be doing to support each other i don't know i mean I, I, there's no other place like the jewelers Co. I mean, I'm, there's no, I, in, a, in this age, I mean, I'm in forums for uh, motorbikes and uh, my model painting and all that sort of stuff. But there's forums for whatever you want on Facebook and a lot of them are pretty toxic, you know? You see someone ask a question and people light them up because that's a stupid, you should know that. And jewelers Co. As for supporting more, I suppose there could always, there's always room for improve, uh, not improvement, but for more support. But I think it's just asking, you know, the questions. Mm. Hey, how do I do this? Or hey, do you need help? You know, yeah. and just sort of putting the ego aside. That's that's the trickiest part in this whole thing. Is um, especially if you're an old, like I'm not an older jeweler, but I've been doing this for 17 years now, since I was 15, and 15 years in, sometimes you might feel a little bit silly asking about something, you know, that's a very basic skill. Sometimes I'm like, 
Am I even soldering this correctly? You know, I was soldering something that was 18 rows the other night and it just would not work. I'm like, what's going on? I'm like thinking, I haven't actually soldered 18 rows since she's like 10 years ago. Mm. You know? yeah. I was like, I, I, I reached out and asked a friend and he helped me out. But um, at first I was like, maybe I shouldn't ask. But then I'm like, fuck it, it's not working. Like, oh, oh you, know, you know the saying, the stupid question is the one not asked. So it's, that's yeah. a uh, a culture we've really tried to to breed on Jewelers Co. Like it's taken a long time, and it, it was hard work the first sort of ten years, you know, getting it to that point. You know, where but now the members get it. Like they, they know what the place is about, and they basically moderate it themselves now. Like we don't have to come down on anyone and say, "Hey, come on, pull your head in." Like that's everyone gets it. That's a it's a proactive community. No, that's that's it, man. I mean. You know, there's so many different forums online and quite a lot of them are pretty bad, but uh, I'd probably say Young Jewelers is, is the best I've seen. Mm. Yeah, cheers. Now it's good to hear that feedback. And like you say about putting your hand up, I, I think the uh, some of the surveys that go out is probably the best way to, to get your opinions out there and get them heard and give it give you two cents of, of what might actually be a good idea that you know, some of these bigger organisations can implement. And, uh, and try help the individuals and, and the industry at large. Yeah, that's it. So, Michael, what's the next thing on the cards for you and Serpent Cove? Uh, well, like I said, I'm tying up the end of this, this range at the moment, which will be released by the time this podcast comes out. I will be uh, starting uh, relaunching my uh, Holy Diver range, which is the one with the character of the Holy Diver. And... Um, that's the one that has all the sort of real stories that I, I really got behind writing and stuff like that. So there will be an atomic crab ring, which will have uh, a me uh, mechanical claw and magnet inside Ooh. the magnet. Uh, a battle ray, which will be like a stingray covered in missiles and like a fighter jet sort of thing. And then uh, a mystical clam ring. Ooh. So, I'm working on the artwork at the moment and the stories and the rings and everything like that. It's always interesting to see what comes out of the creative mind of Moody, <laughs> Moon Man, Serpent King of Death, the, uh, a man of many nicknames. It's, uh, it's always keep it interesting. It's been great to have you on again on the Jewelers podcast today. So thanks so much for, for joining us. And it's been really great to have you on the Jewelers podcast today. And I'm no doubt you'll be on again in the future and, and uh, putting your hand up again, as you always do, to help out with different events that we're involved in and uh everyone obviously head on to the jewelry industry network and check out moon man's merchandise and uh yeah get involved support the cause yeah get in jump jump aboard and have some fun you know that's what it's about Enjoy. thanks michael it was absolutely lovely having you on the jewelers podcast and yeah we can't wait to see you in person yeah soon soon we'll have a couple of gins as they say yes yes <laughs> Awesome. Thanks. Thanks so much. See ya. Yeah, cool. Thanks, mate. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure that you hit subscribe on your favourite podcast player and feel free to follow us on all of our socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook.